Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, welcome to the call. Uh, as the afternoon kicks off, I'm just sitting here being absolutely flaming intimidated by our expert panel who are talking about ultra marathons and half marathons and in training and talking biographies of these machines. Flaming hell, I feel, I feel sort of inferior at the moment with our two experts who are not only... Uh, fitness machines by the sound of it, but also great at giving investment and stock advice. Gary Glover from Novus Capital, who we've always known as a bit of a, a sort of running freak. Gary, how are you? Good. Uh, not not always been a running freak, but just, uh, yeah. Must have midlife crisis at 50, I guess. So and, yeah. and someone who's sort of nowhere near 50, you're not going through a midlife crisis, but <laughs> just as passionate as Joshua Barker from Macro Capital. Welcome to the call. Thanks. Good, good to be here. Have... <laughs> I just thought I'd let you keep going and going <laughs> there to try and set you up, but uh, just yeah. fascinating. Anyhow... It's certainly not an ultra marathon on the call. It is a sprint. It is 60 minutes where we analyse 10 stocks suggested by you. I put them to uh, to Gary and also to Josh for adjudication. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, uh, let's start getting straight into it because uh, uh, these guys are always full of great information. I don't want to run out of time and rush some of the final stocks on our list today. Uh, first half hour, we'll be taking a look at Breville Mineral Resources, Brainship, Elders and Telstra. Uh, stock of the day, thought I'd take a look at a bit of a fan favourite here on the call, uh, CSL. Uh, remaining confident it will close its $11.7 billion takeover of Bifor Pharma, despite a warning from the uh, uh, the corporate regulator or company regulator approval that it could take a few more months. Investors not taking kindly to the news, shares down more than 2% in morning trade. This after shares popped up to 12-week highs yesterday as the US court ruled plasma firms can challenge the customers and border protection ban on taking donation from Mexican nationals as long as they have the necessary visas. So, you know, it's one of the great health companies of the world. It's uh, Australian born and bred. Um, what do we think of the announcement today, Gary, and CSL stocks at these levels? Yeah, it's a funny one. I do like the healthcare sector. I think it's sort of one of those sectors which has probably been impacted most by COVID. So I think it's kind yep. of like the reopening sort of traits. I think healthcare is a good space to be looking in the next sort of uh, 12 to 18 months. It's just, it's not incredibly cheap here. CSL, I know it's never cheap, but historically, if you look at the, what, 28 to 40 sort of annual average PE for the last five years, it's still up around 38, so it's not cheap mm. here, but I do like it technically. I think I uh, might have even covered this on the trade there recently. It's sort of, there is a little bit of a 
like a con congestion pattern here, a little VCP pattern there, which we have sort of poked its head outward here, sort of on the upside. It just hasn't taken off here. It, the good news is that it hasn't broken a swing low, so right. it's been building here quite nicely. But the, the bad news is that really, normally these patterns, once they break out, they generally don't look back. They keep going. Yeah, so it hasn't sort of kept going here. So that's the only thing. So look, I, I still like it here. I think there's, uh, I like the sector. Not cheap, but it never is. Um, but I would just probably have my stop in under the last swing low, probably around 265. But I, I think at this stage still looks reasonably robust there. And considering the market, I think it's probably a safe stock to be in at the moment. So you'd say it is a buy? Yeah, but with so a stop loss at two sixty five. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Josh, what's of you on CSL? Yeah, I agree. Um, there's not many clients um, that we have, or you know, not many Aussies out there that don't have CSL at the moment. Yeah. So um, probably be more on on the hold side. Uh, I think it's going to do well. Um, I think it's been just gradually been bid up by uh, investors. As Gary mentioned, it's uh, continuing to make those higher lows um, to the downside. There is, I guess, uh, just this continuing selling that happens any time it gets um, anywhere near that institutional raise price. So there may be you know, some people looking for a very small profit um, that went in quite heavy, it was the largest uh, cap raised on Australia. So yeah. uh, you know, there may be some selling at that 273 mark every time it seems to get up there, it seems to get rejected. So what we're seeing now is a bit of a um, war between investors and traders going on. Um, Daryl Guppy coined the um, sort of thesis quite well where you know you've got these underlying bid tones of investors uh, but it's just continuing to get sold off potentially by those like that placement um, right. price um, so eventually I think investors will win and it'll get back up to that sort of 315 mark eventually. Okay so it's a hold if you're in it is it is it one of those stocks depending on you know proportion of your portfolio and you've got to always keep it in balance you know, they say with this with this downturn at the moment, do you start to nibble away and average down on really good stocks at lower prices? Is, does this fall mm. into that category? Oh, I think CSL is a, a great company more longer term. So, um, yeah, if you're happy to be a little bit more long term focused and yeah. accumulated at these levels, it's always a great staple for the portfolio. Yeah. yeah. Gary, is it? No, not for me. No, no, I've sort of been pretty bearish the market. So I still think the Nasdaq's got another 15% to go lower. So I think our index will probably come back at least back to 6,700 here. So right. I wouldn't be nibbling here yet. I'd be, right. I'd be uh, just waiting. I'd be waiting here, being patient. Uh, you're going to get some <coughs> of these good stocks here. People are still buying, jumping in and buying the growth stocks. So I saw, you know, the other week after the CP, after the interest hike there, I think Ark Investments had the single largest uh, retail inflow for you know for the year, which tells you that retail punters are still buying high risk mm. stuff so within two days we're at new lows so that's just sort of classic you know I mean don't get me started on crypto I mean that's that's going to be the biggest uh, I mean Bertie Madoff lost 60 billion we've had two coins what drop 18 and 20 billion just this <laughs> week alone right. in, in capitalization so <laughs> that thing it's, is it's a very yeah. hot topic here in the Osbys yeah. office as you can <clears throat> imagine yeah. because we've got some of the youngsters on the team who uh, are still talking up um, uh, cryptos, and then you have the grumpy old people like Scuddy yeah. and me, and saying, "Hey, yeah. this is all overblown." We, we were uh, Nadim was looking for a um, a new name for a new crypto show we're doing, yeah. and asked us all for suggestions. 
Uh, I suggested tulips. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, Emily. I, I actually, I hope that I noticed that uh, there's about two or three new crypto ETFs have hit yes. the market today, um, and there have been a few recently. Pl ETF providers, please put a short ETF together on the crypto. I would absolutely love that. That's like oh. the money I've made on the short NAS and the BBUS. It will be pale and insignificant of what's possible on a short crypto. Please put a short crypto <laughs> ETF together. Yeah, I reckon I'll be in that too. Josh, do you agree? Or? Yeah, look, there's actually a crypto that does that if you uh, want to buy it directly rather States. than an ETF. Yeah, yeah. It, no, no, it shorts uh, Bitcoin. So there's, there's, you know, there's a market for everything yeah. in crypto. You've got to get, use a futures contract or a, a user CFT provider. Or I, I believe it's actually a coin itself that just purely shorts it. So, yeah. Oh, and there's a, and there's a whole other risk associated oh, with that again. 18,000. <laughs> 18, there's a coin for everything. Crypto coins, you know that? 18,000. Jeez. 18 right. billion dollars, yeah, 24 yeah. hours wiped off one coin. At yeah. One of those 18,000. Yeah. And uh, what Bernie lost is what, Bernie lost 60 million, 60 billion. Right. So that 20 billion in, in one coin, one night. Wow. You've got to put that in perspective. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right, um, Gary's passionate about it, as you can. <laughs> All right, let's get on to Breville, something uh, a little uh, less risky. Uh, Daniel wants a view, Gary, on uh, on the big manufacturer designer of electrical uh, kitchen appliances, blenders, coffee machines, juices, mixers. Uh, been going since 1932, would you believe, Breville? Um, David wants to know. Experts have been very bullish on Breville in the past. But it's been on the downward march, um, downward slide since March. Wondering whether now is an opportunity to buy it. Remember, Breville sales because we're all stuck at home in lockdown. We're all cooking, sort of. Even, right, even yeah. I bought a mixer mixer at the time, and that saved something. <coughs> what do you call it? bread makers and yeah, all sorts yeah, of stuff? There, right. I mean, you couldn't couldn't buy yeast and. Yeah. And, uh, I know, it's amazing. Know, so, <laughs> so what do you think of Breville at this Look, I, I do think it's a good company here. Um, it does have and flow a little bit here. It's not, yep. it, even though, look, I, I guess it's sort of a bit like the retail sector of some of those sort of discretionary areas where they they went a bit hot and now they're sort of cooling off here. It's still not super cheap here. It's still, um, I think we're on about 29 times 22 earnings and then um, 25 times 23. So if you're looking ahead wow. there, it's still... You know, and I think it sort of averages around that sort of last five years, it's probably traded around 22, 23 times on average. So even though it's had a fairly decent price correction, it's still not cheap mm. sort of historically. But um, what they have been doing is making a few little bolt-on acquisitions there, like, you know, Italian coffee maker. And, right. um, so just been doing these little small acquisitions just to sort of uh, add to their arsenal. So the earnings per share growth is actually growing quite nicely. So it's been pretty consistent. So I, I do like this company. I just don't think it's a great price here. I, I looked technically here, and to me, I thought around 1970 is a big support level for the stock. And I mean, the, the shares, it's broken through the 15 moving average. It's actually on a pretty aggressive downward move at the moment, pretty heavy selling volume. So to me, it looks like it wants to go lower technically. Right. So, but around 1970 is probably, that's the first price that I might get interested here to have a look. But Right. Um, good company, just I think it can get a bit cheaper. Okay. Josh? Yeah, largely agree. I think it um, does depend on your time frame. I think the company's done really well over a sort of five-year mm. period. Um, Solomon Lou's still got his stake in it, hasn't he? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he's so, not much in. 
Um, so look, I think it's it's a really good company. They've done some good things. They're starting to expand into those acquisitions and geographically. Um, but I think it's just a very tough environment for the company now. Um, we'll sort of put this in the in the basket of a lockdown stock. Everyone was at home. They upgraded everything in their house. And uh, I guess unfortunately for the business, they're, they're really good products. So if you've bought one recently, you don't need to upgrade it anytime soon. Yeah. It hasn't broken, hopefully. Um, probably still under warranty. Um, so, you know, it's a bit of a premium um, product as well as we move into sort of, you know, um, tightening and, and, you know, recession fears, especially over in the US and a little bit more globally rather than here. Um, those premium services are not going to have the same demand that they have. Right recently so yeah I, I think it's a hold if you're a very long-term time frame um, definitely not a buy here at these levels though okay so that sort of discretionary spend is sort of you know everyone's sort of stepping away from that sector at the moment that's sort of risky yeah, yeah. yeah. you can sort of see lower you know if inflation's here to stay obviously rates going up everyone's going to have a bit less yeah. money to spend so that's and, and that's flying through to retailers too isn't it yeah so just kind of you know the market's looking ahead you're already seeing that starting to venture through so market positions for that and that's why the shares are coming off here so yeah yeah uh, you just wonder though given history so if everyone goes we're going rates are going to go this level uh, fear of recession and then quite often central banks pull back don't they and all of a sudden you well, know, it's more a soft landing yeah we've a, gotten uh, unfortunately central banks sort of I mean it's been obvious to me that uh, you print a lot of money central I mean the history of yeah. the market is print a lot of money you get inflation so this whole denial or, um, yeah. you know, it's really... the slowness. In yeah, yeah, yeah the transitory. It's, it's, it's always going to come. So central banks have been slow to react. That's, that's yeah. the reality here. If they'd act, react a little bit earlier, it might be the case yeah. here. But markets will initially overreact as well. I mean, if you've got to remember 2000, 2002, that bearish phase there, the second uh, rate hike was in May of 2000. Yeah. And that pretty much, that was the... That was like the nail in the coffin for the Nasdaq. Yeah. The same thing here. We've had our second rate hike, yeah. and that's the Nasdaq has, hasn't. It's gone down ever since. Yeah. So yeah. that's the nail in the coffin there. So I think you know the growth here is still going to be impacted right. a lot more here. So you're you're well into this ETF that shorts the Nasdaq. The Snaz is the short the Nasdaq. Yeah. yeah. So that's been one of my highest conviction trades this year. So right. yeah, okay. it's been quite nice. Right. Still worthwhile getting into it. I did trim sort oh. of sixty percent of the position there a couple of days back when right. it was sort of a bit. Um, Nasdaq was a little bit on the on the red side. So, right. um, but just because bear markets typically have these sort of short, sharp bear market rallies. Yeah. yeah. So really hoping for a <laughs> bear market rally to reset that position again. But I've okay. kept some kept some on. But right. it's uh, it's it's the nature of the market. It's what bear markets do. They. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's bizarre actually that. Because people, I hear people talking a week about the markets, like, oh, we haven't seen this before, or the markets are doing strange stuff. And I'm thinking, well, no, no it's not. not. No. If you actually go back and study bear markets, this is doing exactly what other bear markets done in the past. We yep. just, most of us have forgotten what it looks like. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Which yeah. often happens, doesn't <laughs> it? All right. Yeah. Uh, Luke wants a view, Josh, on mineral resources. Uh, the... Uh, uh, mining services and and mining company operations in lithium and iron ore <coughs> regarded highly in the market, but it's also into contract crushing and infrastructure provision. Uh, has a chief executive that seems to split the market a bit mm. in terms of um, massive fans or 
those that don't like them much. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Minrace? Yeah, we think it's a, a strong company. Obviously, the five-year performance has really shown that. And just in the last year or so, it's um, continually sort of rejected um, around that 63 to 66 mark. Um, so it's been a very range-bound. The market's a little bit sort of confused as to its future operations. But if you're, you know, if that's what you're after, if, you, if you're after a, a company that does both iron ore and lithium in the same, as well as these mining services, which should do quite well with the commodity shortages going on, um, their mining services is expected to grow by about 15 to 20 percent per annum over the next five years, and uh, that's actually overtaken um, their iron ore revenues thanks wow. to part, partly the yep. pullback and uh, yeah, an increase in that area as well. So it actually makes up about 51 percent of their their revenues. Um, I guess it does come down to what you're looking for here. Um, if you just want lithium, it actually doesn't do too much lithium. It's a, it's a growing area of the yep. business, but it, it's still about 75% iron ore, um, which has the issues with uh, you know, China lockdowns at the moment, which I think longer term will dissipate. So um, look, I do think it is a buy, um, but if, you, if you're after a bit more concentration in those sectors, you know, if you want, if you want iron ore, buy Fortescue. If yeah. you want pure lithium, buy something like a Pilbara. Um, okay. So it's good if you want to encapsulate both, but uh, it does have that mining services aspect of it as well. Okay, but you like it at these prices? Yeah. Gary? Yeah, it's probably a bit of a hold here for me. I mean, it's uh, upgraded, obviously, lithium iron ore price forecasts, um, upgraded its sort of um, mining service sort of volumes as well. Um, expecting to win a bit more business in the Pilbara here as with some of these other, other iron ore projects coming on board. So sitting in a reasonable position there, it's got a positive sort of upgrade here recently in the numbers, but um, and you know, I agree. I mean, the, 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 if you look ahead here, the growth here is pretty outstanding ahead. So, mm. but it does rely on these prices remaining pretty high. So, yeah. we think about commodities that prices can really ebb and flow a bit. Yeah. So, you do have some risk here that those commodity prices could cool off. And if we do go a little bit, everyone gets a little scared here, and maybe recessionary talk talks and maybe commodities could cool a bit so there's some risk here but I mean long long term this does look pretty good here most of brokers are sitting around that sort of 70 to 73 dollar sort of forecast there so I think there's what seven strong buys and four holes is no, no one's going to sell on it so um, yeah to me I, look I, I couldn't safely buy it here it's not my not the pick here just because I think those commodity prices are still fairly elevated but it is got some you know, pretty decent momentum and uh, the sector is still pretty robust here. So yeah, it's still got every chance of moving higher. I just, okay. I just can't bring myself to buy it, but it doesn't mean that If it's you're a, in it, hold it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good quality stock. Uh, Gary, Steve wants a view on Brainchip, uh, the artificial intelligence company. Um, Steve says, I hold the stock and have done for a while. Want to know now whether I should cut my losses? Or do you think there will be a turnaround in the AI company? Um, uh, Steve, I hope you've been holding on to your hat for the last week or so. Uh, Brainship share price has been fluctuating sort of 10 to 15% at a time in the last week or two. Um, Gary, what yes. do you think of Brainship? I mean, um, so October last year, 40 cents, and then yep. up to, what, 230-odd. Yep. Um, so by early what 2022 back down to 90 cents and we're yep. back up to 110 120 here recently so definitely not for the faint-hearted no. um 
It is sort of one of those sort of uh, momentum sort of shares as well. So you probably just trade this from a pure technical trading aspect. I, I, I wouldn't really be putting this in a long-term in investment basket. In, right. No, certainly okay. not. Um, look, the, the big, the big uh, <coughs> I guess the scary aspect here is this company has got a market cap of $1.8 It's got a cool. fairly sizable market cap for That's something big. that doesn't make money any money here really so um, it isn't a really interesting obviously area sort of that software hardware and that AI sort of machine learning yep. sort of uh, human behavior analytics robotics automation it's all in the buzzwords yep um, um, I do like the fact that the 18% um, held by insiders so basically there's a bit of skin in the game by the founders mm -hmm. um, so that's a positive for me um, but yeah I'd only be looking at this from a, from a purely trading it, it has just bounced off a bit of a um, a pretty deep pullback and the short term signs here there's a bit of volume coming in but you know I, I couldn't you know this, this is for it, the 2% it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a stock for a trader like you not for yeah. a normal self-managed super fund nah. type investor yeah you'd be really tight yeah risk management on these sort of things you know yeah, yeah. Josh yeah. I agree it's exciting business um, looking at it from an investment point of view it's nowhere near investment grade for us um, Gary mentioned that uh, it's got a you know, $1.8 billion market cap, um, which is pretty astonishing considering it's only got about 63 employees. Um, it's probably the lowest yeah. employees in the top 300. I know it's in tech, I know it's all automated and stuff like that, but it's a very small business. Um, over the last four years, they've, they've made a total revenue of $2.7 So they're making about 670 uh, grand. A million a with an M. With an M, yep. So they're making about six hundred grand a year. And what are they average. worth over a billion? One point eight. Nearly yes. two. <laughs> Nearly two billion. Yep. Um, so you know, and in that same time, they've lost about seven seventy-five million. So yeah. you know, they're they're making seven hundred yeah. grand in just under in revenue, and they're losing eighteen million. Um, it's a bit so, like Mesa almost. You know, uh, I, yeah. I just, yeah, I could never call something <laughs> yeah. like that investment. I actually yeah. went down the rabbit hole a little bit with this one last night because uh, I, I couldn't believe some of the numbers, to be fair. <laughs> um, you know, for a company that uh, they got receipts last quarter about 200 grand from, from clients. So wow. It's quite phenomenal. Um, last year they made about 1.5 million in revenue and uh, about half of that was paid to their now former CEO who they paid about 300 grand just to sort of get out the door. Right. Um, so that's about a, okay. a fifth of the right. revenues right there. So Jeez, that is that. No wonder you went down the rabbit hole. I didn't yeah. realise with those sort of numbers. That being said, technically speaking, it looks great. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd hold on for the ride, um, right. but I wouldn't be pouring any significant okay. money into it. All right. Okay. Uh, now, Hannah wants us to have a look at, at uh, Elders, uh, the big agricultural uh, play there in everything. Someone once said to me, Elders is like an an Australian agricultural ETF. Um, it's got, or a listed investment company. Uh, they do everything from owning farms to selling farms to transport and the whole thing. Hannah says, uh, looking into this in relation to the broader agricultural play, uh, you've um, obviously been following Nathan Somersandaran. He, he's big into, into ag stocks and that whole thematic. Does that still have more legs? Or has the time to invest come and gone? Uh, Hannah asked Josh. 
Um, yeah, look, I think uh, we're set for one of the best agricultural years uh, we've had in a long time, and, and that is expected to be next year. So I definitely don't think that you've missed the um, boat on this one. They recently had an announcement um, to market that they're going to um, be upping their earnings by about 20 or 30%. Um, and that caused the stock to break out of its um, tight little range that it was in as well. So it does report this month. Um, important to keep that in mind. Um, I'd be very much happy to get involved prior to the report, um, considering that the upgrades are on its side. Uh, it's continuing to upgrade its own guidance and it should hopefully come in to the top end of that. Um, like you said, it's a very good way to get exposed to that agricultural sector. They've got about 500 point present right presence right across Australia. And uh, management's got a good history of, you know, creating synergies by buying up small little operations, you know, the whole business model of one plus one equals three. So yeah. uh, they've got a good track record. Like you said, it's a, a bit of an uh, agricultural ETF. So yeah. if you're going to go anywhere, I think Elders is a great place okay. to go. So yes, at these levels, yeah, till right. before the report. Yeah. Uh, Gary? Look, the current P is around sort of 16, 17 times. If we look forward, even at those upgraded numbers there, we're probably sitting around 18 and a half to 18.8 times sort of 22, 23 numbers. So trading on some pretty decent sort of PEs. If you look at the um, average annual PE there, you're probably sitting in the, you know, it, it's lucky to sort of sit in the two digits normally. So often yep. trades on a single digit PE. Right. So historically, this is as, probably as expensive as this stock's got. But it is in the, um, the grips of probably the best conditions <coughs> that it's ever had. So yep. it's just saying it has basically upgraded its guidance, obviously wrong, you know, sort of strong real estate market, obviously healthy cropping conditions. But I sort of equate this to 80-20 rule here. I think 80% of the gains have already been made in this sector. And you're you know, coming in now, you're coming in for the final 20%. So uh, I think it probably can go a little bit higher here. but. You're, you're very late to the party here. I think you're in the late stages of this sort of cycle right. here. So um, I know this weather, current weather pattern, um, uh, oftentimes this pattern is a two-year pattern rather than a one-year pattern. Right. So, um, so we might get another good year ahead. So yeah. that's that's possible more upside for elders. Yeah. But it still feels like we're... And more sanctions yeah, on, yeah. But on I think, look, uh, Russia and... Yeah, but well, the pricing action looks pretty positive to me. Looks like it can go higher technically. Uh, I just feel like you're sort of a bit late here. I think you're, okay. you know, you're playing at late stage. But certainly, if you're in it, you hold it. Oh, definitely, you can go right. definitely go higher for sure. Okay, yeah. right, hold for you on that. Uh, Kim wants a view, uh, Gary, on Telstra, the massive communications telecommunications giant. Recently bought a stake in Fetch TV as it battles with Google and Apple and all the streaming services. Yeah, I I can't work out for the life of me why everyone likes this stock. So. Um, I see most of broker recommendations are sitting between like 430 to 480, so quite a bit higher. Yep. So most of the brokers have sort of got a buy on this. So I think seven strong buys, one moderate buy and four holds. So everyone's, you know, no one's going to sell on it. Right. Um, we're trading on around um, 16, 17 times, which is not, that's probably, that's sort of around where it has traded the last few years. But if we look sort of forward at earnings the next sort of couple of years there, we're probably trading on about 26 times forward one year and 22 times two year forward. So, you know, wow, it's, uh, I don't know, I just think there's safer places to, you know, better growth, at, you know. Um, yeah. I, I noticed on the, just on the daily chart here, actually broken below the 50 day moving average just recently, which I think is a pretty bearish sign and yeah. seen a bit of selling volume come in here. So technically I don't like it. I don't like the business fundamentally, but I, I, 
look, the rest of the broking community seems to like this for some reason. So, um, are you going against a trend? Uh, for you? Look, just for me, I, I just I just couldn't invest in. I think there are other okay. other, other businesses in this sector I'd look at. So, Josh. Yeah, I think, I think it's hard to get excited about Telstra as an investment if you're looking to shoot the lights out. But uh, you know, I think it's a hold. The company's fine. It's yielding about 5.8% at these levels, including the franking. Um, it is a bit expensive at the moment if you're looking at the, the Ford PE. Um, like Gary said, it's you know, the Ford PE is around 26, 27. Um, and its historical average is around that 18. So earnings, are, earnings per share are expected to take a dip um, this this calendar year, um, they are meant to recover after that. But uh, yeah, I don't think the company's doing too much exciting. If you're in it, continue to hold. Obviously, you've probably been a long-term investor either way. Yeah. Um, it is hard out there because there's not too much exposure to that sector. Unity Group's been brought out. Um, Aussie Broadband's <coughs> stellar run seems to be slowing. So. Um, yeah, there's not much in the telco um, that you want to, if you wanted to diversify your portfolio, it, it's, a, it's a good place to, you know, sort of get that diversification in a stable way, um, but nothing nothing to sort of, you know, okay. brag, brag about. Oftentimes when you get growth crunch there, obviously you get that shift to value and so the thing you start paying a bit over for value and for yield, because yeah. so, yeah. obviously you're looking for safety in the market, so yeah. that's why I think it's sort of here, I think we're here because it's safe. Yep. I don't think it's a great investment. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A uh, lot of people looking for safety. Yeah. Where would you invest for safety? Uh, look, the, the the one stock I think at the moment I think looks outstandingly cheap is um, Air New Zealand. Uh, just done a massive rights issue there to raise money. Didn't do the raise like uh, the rest of the travel sector did at uh, April 2020. Really low prices. Yep. Um, the government got <coughs> They've just raised some equity here. If you look at the market cap, even with the adjustment and the extra shares. It's probably around about, I reckon, 30 to 40% under its normal okay. uh, market cap. So I think mm. that one there is the one, for me, that's my biggest sort of long at the moment. I think yeah. that looks uh, great so value here at 65 cents. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's just uh, recap the, uh, the first five stocks plus our stock of the day, which is CSL. Uh, CSL, we've got a hold from Josh. Uh, got to buy at these levels from Gary, but put your stop loss at... 265 if it breaks below that you don't want to be in it um but it's building a bit of a base uh breville is a hold from josh uh gary is not interested unless it gets down to about that 1970 mark 19 dollars 70. uh mineral resources a buy from gary uh a buy from josh rather a hold from gary uh brain chip uh neither would touch it and now being brutally honest from both Gary and Josh, uh, really doesn't seem to be investment quality. Um, Elders, a yes from Josh, a hold from Gary, and Telstra, a hold from Josh, and a no from Gary. Um, Here on the call, we've been following our own fantasy portfolio uh, uh, that is chosen by our investment committee. The latest investment committee meeting is live for you to watch on ausbiz.com. Let's check uh, in on the portfolio update. The last investment committee meeting added Tabcorp, Domino's, Ardent Leisure and Tyro, uh, shifting the original allocations and the holding size. Um, Since the 1st of March, fund down 6.8% on a cumulative return basis. So you can keep sending all your requests in to the call, of course, because that is the first filter to go up to the investment committee. Any stock that gets two yeses from our our, um, uh, panel here on the call 
gets referred to the investment committee. If there's a stock in the already in the portfolio that gets two no's from our expert panel, um, uh, the investment committee is questioned whether it should come out again. So it's a lot of fun. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, uh, let's get into our second half of stocks. Uh, I've got to be look at Credit Corp, um, Endeavour, BHP, Fisher & Paykel. Gary said he liked Hill stocks uh, at the moment. Will Fisher & Paykel uh, pass muster uh, and also move out. All right, Credit Corp, Australia's biggest debt buyer and collector, financial services group, um, uh, ben wants a view on that. Gary, uh, I bought in at just over 30 bucks in November last year, but since February, the share price has been setting how, uh, heading south. Is it caught up in the rising interest rate macro theme? I'm a long-term investor, but should I accumulate at these levels or cut my losses and get out? Look, um, most of the broker recommendations are uh, significantly high here, so sitting uh, you know, 33 35 to like 37.80, so sitting substantially high here. It is a great business. Yeah. Um, targets around 16, 18% return on equity, so um, low gearing. So, you know, I think overall this is actually a great, great solid business there. Uh, not particularly expensive here at the moment, so we'll be sort of 17 times there. I think we're on about 17 times sort of forward estimates, so expected to grow, what, 11.5% next year, maybe 17 times. 70% uh, growth in 23, so uh, it can be a little lumpy at times, but <clears throat> I do think this looks pretty looks pretty interesting here. Uh, pretty solid price here, around $24, and it's got a reasonable pipeline here. The interesting thing with this business is the US growth that's sort of starting to filter through. So yep. they started to sort of build that that US sort of book, and so I've always better been known to have some really you know good algorithms there within um, you know, Credit Corp and. So the yep. U.S. book is really starting to grow there. So it's definitely, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think this is a high-quality business and the price is actually pretty reasonable here. So compared to what else is out there at the moment uh, and the nature of the market, this is probably not a bad... It's just you don't get great yield here. You're only looking around about 3% yep. franking here. So, so the yield's not super high, but definitely a great-quality business. Just, just might be a little concerns around slowdown there. It just hasn't been... Because of the yeah, central banks have been handing money out hand over fist, there hasn't been a lot of um, books on the market to, you know, a lot of debt mm. to be sort of active. But that debt market will probably turn around soon yep. with, uh, with the squeeze coming. So investors mm. will look a little bit forward here. But see, see, they did well when the pandemic first hit, yeah. didn't they? Because everyone thought, oh, we are going into recession. Yeah. Uh, this is fertile ground for a company like this. <laughs> yeah. So, but it is, yeah. Oftentimes, it's sort of like it's the you've got to be able to sort of be able to purchase. But it just hasn't been much uh, to do here because right. people haven't been chasing the debts pretty hard. So I think, you know, everyone's flush for cash. Yeah. So, but you know, add some interest rates and some taxes and everything yes. else and recession and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely the cycle could change quite easily in this one here. It, it, it's a high grade stock here. So, 
Yeah, it's just look, at the moment it's downtrending. Uh, the stock is, you know, it's broken the 50 to moving average. It's actually a bit negative from the price action wise. So it is technically moving lower here. So there's no signs of actually a low yet. But right. from a value perspective, definitely represents some reasonable value here. If you look at this historically, look at the numbers moving forward. Right. Um, so so Ga Gary's saying, should I cut my losses, get out? I don't, no. I don't think so. I think if you're, if you're there for the long haul, I think this business will... Uh, Is it time to accumulate? It, it could be, could be. I, I don't like jumping into falling nice here. Right. Um, but when I look at the fundamentals there, I think there's... Um, Certainly a solid hold. Yeah, look, from an investment point of view, long-term perspective, this is something that I probably would add for, uh, you know, for long-term investors looking at uh, quality stocks here. Okay. Uh, Josh? Um, yeah, I think the reason why it's been heading down is um, the unsecured credit balances here in Australia have been coming down by about 36% on pre-COVID levels. Mm. So everyone's kind of you know, cleaning up their, their actual uh, unsecured debt. Um, you know, mortgage offsets uh, at an all-time high, you know, kind of yep. expecting that interest rate shock. Um, but yeah, I think the expansion into the US could be good for them. Um, unsecured credit balances over there are actually at a pre-pandemic level. So they're taking on more and more debt over in the US. Um, so I think that could, could present an opportunity for them to expand the US. I think it's a little bit um, too soon to rely on that expansion into the US just yet. Uh, they, you know, the recent acquisition they did was buying um, Clearing Houses New Zealand book. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like that was necessarily a loved asset by the market. Uh, stock's down about 90% since 2020. Um, so I just think um, this one, there's better alternatives out there if you want exposure to um, this sort of personal debt space. Um, I had a presentation from the CEO slash founder of uh, Money Me. They're yep. working on some really exciting stuff in their business. It's a, it's a young company that's growing. Um, whereas I think uh, this company here is just not in that same growth phase if you're looking for yep. something a little bit more um, exciting in, in terms of yep. the exact same space. In fact, we had Money Me up on last week. Um, I believe so. I think a a buy from, from Gorab because apparently they've got a, um, um, a great car loan yep. product that yep. is giving car buyers, uh, that dealers love because dealers have hated uh, working with banks. Yeah, Cl Clayton explained it really well, so I won't try and try and do it better than him. But um, yeah, basically they can get uh, car loans within the sort of 90 minutes and yeah. you drive it away that same day, whether it's yeah. on the weekend, don't have to wait for the bank to be open and process yeah. it apparently. So yeah. Um, yeah, pretty exciting. So Gorab liked it as well. Nathan didn't, who was on the panel. Mm. Um, our next stock to uh, have a look at, Stacey uh, wants a view on Deva Group. Um, and Stacey says, should I have it as a core part of my portfolio? Of course, this was the pubs and drinks business that was spun out of Woolworths for ESG issues. Uh, Dan Murphy's, BWS, Jimmy Brings, they own. Uh, uh, they own 330 licensed venues. They have bottling facilities and wineries. Uh, Josh, what's the, the view on Endeavour Group? Yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, one of those ones that once it initially spun off, you kind of wanted to see how it, how it did on its own feet. Um, similar thing to, you know, what, what happened with Coles. 
Um, and uh, I think both companies are, are standing well on their own two feet. It's actually yep. broken up from its recent range. Um, you know, I'd almost classify this as one of those sort of re recession-proof stocks. So um, if you're looking to get some really consistent revenues uh, in the businesses that you hold in your portfolios, this is one of those really easy ones. It's got some reopen um, aspects to it with those licensed venues. Um, you know, that Jimmy Brings business is actually really, really quite popular um, and probably growing quite significantly. So that'll add some, you know, sort of smaller growth to the okay. business as well. So I, th I think it is a buy if you're looking at that sort of business. Gary? Uh, should it be part of the core portfolio? I guess it should be. I think right. it's sort of one of those uh, stocks that, uh, for me, this was a bit of an easy one here when it was split off there. It sort of, uh, you know, kind of released a lot of the shackles for the business to sort of get out there and be a little bit more uh, aggressive there. And... Um, yeah, it just seemed like a great business to me. So yeah. um, <clears throat> I personally do hold a lot of this. Just, um, so it's part of your core portfolio? It's, it's part of, look, most of my clients who <coughs> long-term portfolios would have this in their portfolio. Yeah. Uh, I personally hold a lot just because my... At these levels? Uh, yeah. Would well, you buy it at these levels? I, I would not buy it at these levels, no. Right. No. So, okay. I'd be, so right now, probably I've, I've sort of, um, for my more slightly active clients, I've probably written a covered call against Endeavour here. I think it's really getting... Pretty pricey here. I think we're we're on about thirty times here, uh, twenty-seven times forward one year and twenty-five times two-year PE. So we we are getting pretty high here. Okay. Um, so I, I do think this stock's going to have you know, a couple of years of strong growth here, but you're paying for it right now. So <coughs> I would be sit, sit back. I think the stock's going to you know I looked here maybe seven twenty-five. I think it'll at least come back to there. So. Uh, I wouldn't be buying it here. I think you'll buy it cheaper here in the coming months. Right. So if it gets to around seven bucks, seven seven twenty-five might be you know right. might, mightn't come off that much. Right. Yeah. Okay. Seven dollars would be beautiful. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Always hope. Yeah. All right. Jim wants a view on um, uh, Gary on BHP, big Australian, big mining conglomerate, of course. Uh, and is about to hive off um, its petroleum interest to Woodside, uh, apparently going to be completed on the 1st of June, so only two weeks away. Um, what's that going to do to BHP? Oh, look, it's, I'm going to be a little controversial here. And I mean, if you look at the PEs and stuff, their PEs are low. Yeah. And we look at the yields, you know, we're looking at... Um, so PEs are at 10, forward PEs around, what, 7 or 8. The yield's around, what, 8%, you know, so fully franked here. 8% from mine. <laughs> yeah. That's so pretty amazing. Pretty, pretty amazing, yeah. But you've got to go back and look at the historically with these sort of miners there. When they're on really low PEs and they high yields, that that can be top of the cycle sort of stuff. Okay. So yep. they don't, they're not like other, you know, like banks who sort of, you know, those yields are constant. Uh, those sort of, the earnings are mm. very lumpy. Uh, you got to spend money to, you know, dig, dig holes and uh, find more products and dig out of the ground. So capex is pretty high. So I just feel like, you know, with commodities are pretty, are very high and elevated here. I just think there's some risk to the downside for commodities. So fundamentally, it looks pretty cheap, but I know historically they always look cheap at the top uh, when they're top of the cycle. So just. Look, I think this thing bounces around here. I'm probably a bit more neutral on it here, but I'm just, yeah, I can't get... Um, so would you keep holding yeah. it if you're in it? Yeah, it's hard not to with those... Uh, Morgan's with those, have got a price target of 54 bucks on it. Everyone's got a, um, everyone's got um, higher targets here. I think eight strong buys, 
one moderate by four holds and one moderate cell there. So not too many cells on it. No. But if you go back and look at when BHP was at $50 and Rio was at $100, top of that sort of commodities boom, every broker had a buy on it. Yep. The PEs were low, the yields no, were yeah, high. That's you a know? Really so good you just, just got to be careful. Just the things can change here. So yep. I do think this commodity cycle will probably run a little longer here. So I think they're reasonably safe here for a bit longer. But don't sort of, that, those PEs and those yields can disguise. Yep. The reality sometimes. So you've got a hold on it though? Yeah, I'd say okay. so. Okay. Yeah. Josh? Yeah, hold as well. Um, it, it, it's a really good way to get exposure to that sort of uh, diversified miner. So if you don't have it in your portfolio, which probably not many not many core um, portfolios with blue chips in it probably don't have it, uh, especially yep. the, the last couple of years it's had. Um, I think it's, you know, Ride the cycle a little bit longer. I think it's mid-range, roughly. Um, so I think you can get in now and you probably will get an opportunity to trim it back out at its all-time highs or, or recent highs, I should say. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's a buy for us. Um, we're happy uh, a buy? Yeah. You're happy with the buy on yep. BHP? Okie dokie. Uh, Lachlan wants a view, Josh, on Fisher & Paykel Healthcare. Uh, Lachlan says, I've had FPH uh, on my watch list for a while. I think it's starting to look good at these levels. Is it a buy? It's the big global company manufacturer mm. of uh, healthcare products, everything from uh, ventilators to humidifiers, um, bit in sleep apnea as well. Yeah, look, I think if you've got it on your watch list, you can leave it there for a little bit longer. Right. Um, so, you know, the company had a really great year in 2021. <coughs> um, yep. Revenues grew by about 56% just in that one year alone. and, and Earnings up eighty five percent. So it had a, it had a stellar year, and uh, what we've seen recently is it is it really start to come down. It hasn't given an update to market for quite some time. It's actually due to release its financial results on the twenty fifth of this month. Um, so I think given the risks is definitely to the downside for this one, given its overall trend. They've also um, you know sort of cited in a couple of recent announcements that freight rates have had an impact on their gross margins and things like that. So. Um, I'd, I, I wouldn't be involved in it um, leading up to the report. I'd like yep. to see that report and see if it is going to be uh, returning back to its uh, strong growth yep. ways, but I just don't feel that it will be. Um, so if you've got it on your watch list, wait till that report. Yep. Things can change within a, a report, of course. You know, it's come, <laughs> We haven't seen any numbers from this company for five and yep. a half months. So um, yeah, I think wait till that report at the very least. And. Uh if they disappoint, they get smashed. I just saw zero come up on the ticker. Down 12% today. And that was in a similar downtrend. Yeah. So just because it's cheap leading into a report doesn't mean it can't get cheaper. Yeah. Uh, Gary, what do you think of Fisher & Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's basically, uh, it's got a bit of a COVID hangover here. I mean, obviously those respiratory products there, um, you know, had a massive surge in COVID there. So all the hospitals are sort of probably ordered up big there. So kind of left with a bit of a hangover here in terms of... Um, you know, there's been excess buying through those periods, so going to be yeah. lighter buying going ahead. And those sort of things are quite lumpy purchases as well. So, look, the, all the forecasts are sort of for what <coughs> to be earnings be down 29% one year, I think down 16% sort of two years sort of uh, yeah. sort of forward growth. So, just think we're going to be a bit of a hangover here for the next couple of years. So, um, current PE 23, which doesn't look too bad, um, but if we look at one year, PE on those sort of declining earnings there were on about 32 times the two-year PE is on about 39 times still so right. you know so really it's going to have to 
show that those uh, forecasts are, are incorrect. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. And yeah, so I, look, I, I looked at it actually, it's, it's really, really sold off pretty aggressively. It's a bit of a falling knife here again. So don't want to step in front <coughs> of these sort of falling knives. But I did notice sort of technically $15 is a big level um, on the chart. Mm. So that's probably the first level that I'll be looking at here. So what are we, 1876 there? Um, yeah. Um, 1850 today, so even lower. So yeah, but I think around $15 was, was a bit of a level that I sort of technically would actually sort of um, look like a level to watch out for. Okay. Um, but yeah, look, it's just going to be a tough, you know, tough there. But look, market always looks ahead. So if we get a couple of okay. earnings sort of reports which aren't too bad or maybe they're slightly better than expected, then market might get a little bit more positive. But Probably going to see a little bit more downside here first, but yeah, probably aiming for around 15 here at the moment before I okay. start looking at it. Uh, but you were saying you like healthcare stocks. I do, yeah. But this obviously is something which really advantaged in the in the in the COVID period. Right. So I'm looking at the healthcare companies. <clears throat> like I thought, Ramsey was a bit of a was a bit of was something which had really struggled. Obviously, two years of non-elective yep. surgeries getting you know. So I know they made a little bit of money out of COVID, but. You, know, yep. you basically get two years of elective surgeries almost backed up. So yep. the next two couple of years are going to be pretty robust there. Hence, you know, $88 bid yep. come out. I don't know if it's yep. going to go through or not, but yeah, yep. that sort of stuff is the sort of things we should be looking at. Sort of right. who's been sort of hamstrung the last two years, who's got all that excess build up right. and who can kind of... Um, Rather than healthcare stocks who have benefited. Yes. Yeah. Right. So something like a Sonic as well. Sonic Healthcare is the other one that's, um, you know, I think we'll keep doing the scans and stuff there. That'll, that'll yep. be... Um, yeah. Uh, once we get get out and about a bit more, so that that'll be an advantage. So just that's those are sort of the stocks okay. we're looking at there. Yeah. <clears throat> We've right. got uh, Monash IVF on our, oh, on yeah. our watch list. Yeah, yeah. Get a little bit cheaper. That's something that uh, is going to benefit moving forward with a lot of government support. Um, so I think that's you know a better place to put your money. At least it's trending mm. up. Um, try and get a bit cheaper if, if possible yeah. with this market yeah. drag down. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you want to be looking forward as to what the next trend is in that healthcare space. Okay. Uh, our final stock, uh, Josh Callum wants a view on Mervac, the big uh, property development and construction company, been going since 1972. They're basically almost across all sectors of the market, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're primarily in sort of the homes, workplace and shopping centres, um, moving into industrials as well, but it's only a small part of their, their, their portfolio. Big yep. part of their portfolio is the office space still. Um, look, we just generally prefer the industrial REITs right now. Um, you know, these guys have got a 95% occupancy rate in their office portfolio, which is actually, it doesn't seem too bad. Um, but if you compare it to the industrial REITs, they're 99%. Right. Um, so, um, you know, it's just a very difficult space for a good company like this to be in. Um, they're not going to overnight turn into an industrial <coughs> company. Actually, only about 13% okay. off the lows of COVID. So, so why is Goodman being smashed? Well, because it is an industrial company. Yeah, every single REIT has been sort of following the same same sort of movement. So, kind uh, of coincided um, psychologically with the RBA lifting rates. Yeah. Um, like for example, Mervac Group's about 22% geared. Yeah. Um, so that's actually very low um, right. considering its peers and, and the industrial sector as well. So. Um, their, their, their debt rates are going to come up. Um, 
you know, they're probably not going to be able to pass it on to tenants immediately. So it's a bit of a short term effect, but eventually they will be able to pass it mm. on to tenants and then, you know, it will sort of regulate itself. These REITs are, you know, really yep. good um, sort of price indexes. So uh, they should come good in, in the future as well. But that short term hit of interest rates coming up before they can change the, re- uh, the, the rentals, it's going yep. to impact them in the short term. Okay. Gary? Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, if you look at the valuations there, it's not, not expensive here. And look at the forward PEs as well, they're, um, they're pretty reasonable. But this, the sector is under a bit of pressure here. Obviously, um, you know, looking at housing costs, inflationary pressures mm. there, that's, that's going to, you know, you know I've, I've heard, you know, I think my brother was saying to me, he thinks that the building costs have sort of almost doubled in the last four years. So wow. pretty substantial costs throughout the whole sector. So coming more and more expensive there, and a lot of the fixed pricing guys have been, you know, there's been a few builders get into trouble here um, recently. Yep. So with that fixed pricing model, if you haven't adjusted for these uh, higher sort of um, uh, cost increases there, it leaves them a little bit shorthand as well. So a bit negative on a sector there. I just think, I mean, the technicals look pretty bearish as well. This thing's sort of broken, you know, significant support here, broken below the 50-day moving average. It's actually pretty <coughs> bearish. The price action is very negative chart looks pretty horrible to me so it looks like it wants to go a bit lower but look it's not not expensive here i mm. uh, just think it's in a sector there at the moment everyone's afraid that's what, what might come in that sector everyone's looking yep. a little bit forward ahead here so it's probably an avoid for me okay all right let's just recap the uh, final five stocks um we have uh, credit corp which is a no from josh a hold from uh, gary for long-term buyers or long-term investors rather um, you could start to, to look at it because it's uh, a really well-run company. Endeavour is a buy from Josh. Uh, not yet with Gary. Around got down to around seven twenty-five. He'd be interested. Uh, BHP a buy from Josh. A hold from Gary. Uh, Fisher and Paykel a uh, a watch from uh, Josh. Gary thinks it's heading down to fifteen dollars as the next support level, which is a another three dollars under that. Um, uh, Josh thinks in that healthcare space, uh, Monash IVF is something to watch out for. Uh, Gary likes Sonic if you want an alternative to it. And Mervac, a no from both. Gary Glover from Novus Capital, always great to catch up. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for seeing us. And uh, also Josh Barker from Macro. Josh, thanks. welcome thanks aboard to the panel here at the call. Uh, that's it for uh, the call for today. If you've got any stocks, that you want us to cover and for me to put to our expert panels, put them in an email, uh, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. See all the stocks in the calls. Fantasy portfolio, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. The call is back same time, midday, Eastern, tomorrow. See you then.